Hi, and welcome to the FVCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we focus on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus, the wide surrounding Flathead Basin, and all across Montana. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, an employee here at the FVCC Library, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, we've been looking forward to this show. We are going to explore the fascinating world of porcupines. And this big rodent with its prominent quills has always fascinated humans. You know, think about it. The quills have been used in decoration and, and defense for centuries, millennia, actually. And in fact, there's more than 30,000 quills on a single porcupine. Does that surprise you, Colin? Wow, I, I was not expecting 30,000, that's for sure. <laughs> Imagine all the, all the physiological work that has to be done to produce that many quills and get them all sorted like they do on a porcupine. It's incredible. And, but they've been used for decorations for centuries. And in fact, I have a little story about my great aunt Doris at the Cut Bank Ranger Station. And she had uh, a problem every spring because the porcupines would come around and mess around the station. And here's what she said. As grass began to grow on the little flat around the ranger station in early May, other animals held Doris and Dan's attention. One of the biggest rackets you ever heard woke us up, remembered Doris. About 10 porcupines had moved in to feed on the green grass. They were whining, scraping, and gnawing all around the porch. The rest of that spring, I kept knocking them off the porch with a broom. But it did no good. We were stuck with them. Now, I don't know if she meant that to be like a, a pun or not. <laughs> we are stuck with them. And then Dan said, who was the ranger, said, this is 1928. Dan wrote on May 19th that he, quote, killed three porcupines today. They're barking all the young quaking aspen around the station. And so that's, that's what they do. They tend to, uh, to take the bark off the, off the trees in an area. So that's what happens. And their quills are hollow except for the base and tip. And they are distributed throughout the body except for the stomach. So the stomach is the weak point on the porcupine. Does that give you any ideas? No, I, I, I've heard stories on nature documentaries of predators that hunt porcupines, flipping them over and then giving it their, That's their right. stomach. That's exactly right. So the stomach is their weak point, and the longest quills that they have are on the rump. The shortest ones are on the cheeks. So it has little quills on its cheeks, that, which makes it interesting. And what do we have here? We have the sounds of a porcupine. There you go. It's hard to believe they sound like this, but they actually do. <laughs> Yeah. They're the cutest sounded animal. Okay, little porcupine, you can go away now. <laughs> <laughs> so the North American porcupine, by the way, is one of our larger rodents, and they range across the western U.S. and Canada and in the eastern U.S. They live in areas of trees and brush. I've seen them climb trees before. I've seen them hang out in brushy areas over by Cascade, Montana. Yeah. Their fur is black to brown to yellow. They're really kind of pretty looking, and their, their heads and their face are kind of cute. They have strong, short legs with hairless soles on their feet. Now, what does that tell you? Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it allows them to be very strong tree climbers. They can climb up that, mm. that tree because they've got that little leather, almost like a leather grip. Huh. The porcupine's body is round, and the ears and head are very small. But contrary to legend, the porcupine cannot shoot its quills. They're transferred to the other animals by brushing against them. So think of your dog. You know, you hear the common story of a dog being 
getting in with a porcupine and trying to fight it, and then they get their face full of quills. And some yeah. dogs just do not learn. They just keep doing it. Now, we don't have a lot of porcupines in western Montana. We'll be talking about that a little more later. But in general, when there's a lot of porcupines around, the dogs tend to get into them like that and don't have the, the learning potential to realize, hey, I'm going to get a face full of quills. <laughs> so when a predator approaches a porcupine, the porcupine turns its back, raises its tail, and lashes out at the animal. When the quills become embedded in the animal, the body heat of the victim causes the quills to expand and they become more solidly embedded. What a nasty, ah. nasty um, oh, gosh. way to do that. <laughs> I, I've never had a porcupine quill. Have you ever had a porcupine quill? No. no. Their predators are fisher, mountain lion, and marten. And mm. there aren't many fisher in western Montana, but there's a lot of mountain lions and they have increased and there's a reasonable amount of marten. So some people are thinking that that may be why there's fewer porcupines in western Montana than there were is that there's more predators on them. But mm. nobody knows for sure. It could be, a, could be a disease as well. So porcupines are herbivores. They have, eat leaves, twigs, green plants, grasses, and bark. And they'll climb trees for food. And they spend, actually, much of their time in trees. And they're mostly nocturnal, which they're active at night. You know, you're going to see them in the late, early hours. And then at night, if obviously, if you're spotlighting them or whatever. They mate in the late summer. And when they're mating, it's very interesting. Their vocal... They're very vocal during the mating. We heard what their vocalization sounds for. A male performs a dance. I can ima- Can you imagine a porcupine dancing? No. I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't actually, like, seen them interacting with each other, or I haven't seen one personally before at all, but I, I'd never really known them to be dancing type. They don't really, like, <laughs> look like they would. <laughs> they look like they'd be the most awkward dancer in the world, but that's what <laughs> they do. And then, get this, then they spray urine over the head of the female. Mm. That's part of their mating, uh, uh, their mating habits. And so the young are born with soft quills, which quickly harden. Obviously, they aren't going to be born with hard quills, or the female would have a heck of a time. <laughs> and so they'll quickly harden, and then they grow very quickly to become a you know, juvenile, then an adult porcupine. And they're actually, they, they would make a really good food for, for humans because they're so easy to kill. They're slow. And you saw my, you know, my great uncle just killing him when they were barking his aspen. Doris was sweeping him off the porch with a broom. So they're obviously not real quick, and they'd be easy to, mm-hmm. easy to kill as long as you don't get your uh, quills in your in your skin and so on. So you just got to worry about that. But there's this phenomenon, Colin, that has been very, very prominent in the last 30 years or more. Whereas in the western part of Montana, there's very, very few porcupines. It's hard to find a porcupine. Whereas in the eastern part of Montana, they're pretty numerous. I remember seeing a lot of them in the Sweetgrass Hills over the last decade, uh, over by Great Falls. Do you have any idea what is going on there? Well, like you were saying, I'd imagine it's mostly the the predators. We have a lot more mountain lions out here in the mountains than they do out in the, in the plains in the eastern part of the state. <laughs> Though you said that there were other predators, too. I mean, yeah. you said martens. I, I don't know if we'd find martens out in the east, but... Not as many. And it might be just because all of their predators are yeah. out here. The odd part about it is this has just happened recently in the last several mm-hmm. decades where they've declined so low, so, to so low numbers in the West. In fact, the Salish and Kootenai tribes put together a project about four or five years ago where they were just trying to find some porcupines, and they had a heck of a time trying to find it, and they couldn't mm-hmm. get any reports from them uh, and that kind of thing. I, know, I remember in the 80s, they were almost pest-like in the mountains because you, if you read about them in some areas, in. yeah, you, they're just all over the place and, and you know, fairly good numbers. And mm-hmm. what they would do is I remember I, I was at Tranquil Lake with my wife and we were in the tent 
And what the porcupines would do in this, it was like bare grass area around there and some al- little subalpine fur. They would come around and they do the, you know, that sound that we were hearing. And, and then they would come and rub against our tent and oh. throw themselves against our tent. And then go, rrr, rrr, and at first I thought, oh my gosh, it's a bear, you know. Why would they do that? Yeah, I don't have, I have no idea, but they did that. And, and then I read, later I read where other people had the same experience. It's really weird. They do it at night. Hmm. Kind of scary, you know, you hear this, this uh, whining and that, and then all of a sudden there's just rubbing against your tent. It has something then, to do with the, uh, the fabric that the tent is made out of. I don't know. You're probably right. And then maybe salt. They're looking for salt. But it was really weird. I remember it was kind of scary, actually. Why were they looking for salt? Well, animals all tend to pursue, like, mountain goats. Like, uh, if you mm. go up to, up to uh, Mount Aeneas, the mountain, there's a lot of habituated mountain goats, I think we talked about before, and, and, the, and they'll chew any place they can find with salt, any human clothes or <laughs> whatever they can find, because it's just, they just crave salt. The, the animals crave salt. And so, as I said, they're now really uncommon in western Montana. They're still common east of the divide. And we talked about predation, habitat changes. There's been a lot of fire over here, maybe fire part of it. Mm-hmm. And you talked about mountain lions and marten. No one knows exactly why. I kind of suspect it could be something related to a disease because it just seems so abrupt. There was a lot of them, then all of a sudden there's hardly any of them in western Montana. I think in the tribal, the tribal study they did, they went on for several years and only had reports of one or two porcupines on the Sayos Kootenai Reservation. Mm. That's, uh, that's pretty, pretty rare when they used to be pretty common but now i go ahead i mean yeah it's kind of it is strange to to think about what might have caused it but honestly i mean it doesn't seem like it would be humans because you would think humans don't really have very much reason to go after them no no humans have killed killed very few pork pines it's it's really it's really not a thing to do they're just walking along they can't defend themselves you know but uh, i have actually i have one that i sighting that i turned in but it's a weird sighting Several years ago, about two years ago, we were in the Great Bear Wilderness and uh, getting Martin there, a few Martin trapping. And one of the people that was along, we were looking at his Martin that he got, and it had a porcupine quill in its chin. Hmm. <laughs> so there's only one place you can get a porcupine quill, right? From a porcupine. Yeah. So that's a definite sight, and that was in the Great Bear Wilderness, but that's the last one I have any sighting, and I had no sightings before that. Hardly at all. So it's just really a very big mystery why they are not common in western Montana anymore. Any of you in our, our listening audience, if you have any ideas, why don't you, you can go on the library guide page and, and email oh, yeah. Colin. And I'd like to know if anyone out there has seen one or, or if they do, we'd sure like to know it. Yeah, I think they can message us on our uh, webpage on Anchor now, too. If okay, that'd be great, Colin. Yeah, we're up on all the usual podcast sites, so thanks for doing that. So we'll end, up, we'll end up with this. Have you seen a porky? Please call <laughs> us if you do. <laughs> That's all the time we have for this episode of the Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.